Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited, as I'm often accused of being, to sit here with my guest today, Mr. Mike Morrison. Hello, how are you? I am really good. I good. feel that we're overdue. I don't know. I know I, so is... many people that tell me, do you know Mike? I'm like, I don't. I'm so out of the loop. It's insane that our paths haven't crossed. And then even just before we started recording, you telling me all the things you do in the city and things like that. Like it's, I don't know how we haven't met. Because this is the biggest small town I've ever lived in. Yeah. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like I, in the last six months, I, there must have been 10 people who are like, you know who you need on the show? You need to get Mike on the show. Oh. He's great. Get him on the show. Right. So yeah, your reputation precedes you. I so. didn't know my parents had your email address. <laughs> Your mom is like, every week, why haven't you got him on the show yet? He's amazing. Yeah. I said, I've heard it to be true. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who, by just the rare chance, hasn't had a chance to tell us, who's Mike Morrison and uh, what, what what do you do to keep yourself busy, my oh, friend? God, this, this is going to take your whole podcast. We describe. got time. We got nothing but time. It's tricky. Like, I don't know. I think I sort of describe myself as a modern entrepreneur because it's uh, it's it's different every day. And so, but basically, I, I own a company that's now called Bloggity Inc., which is like originally from a blog called Mike's Bloggity Blog, which I started in 2006 and uh, covers Canadian entertainment, pop culture and lifestyle and stuff like that. And it has sort of ridden this wave of popularity and then now sort of a, a really fun side project still in a way. Uh, and then I created uh, some digital marketing conferences. So the big one is here in Calgary called Social West. And we have about 800 people come to that every year and that's in June. And then so then we added Social East in Halifax and we do that in the fall. And we added Social Central in Ottawa, which we're doing our first one in April. Um and uh, yeah, I do those, and uh, I have a podcast as well where I interview entrepreneurs about how they quit their jobs uh, to sort oh, of nice. inspire people to quit their jobs and become entrepreneurs, and I do a lot of influencer marketing and hosting and speaking and a bunch of different oh, stuff. So many questions we can go oh, yeah. for, 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 for starters. Hey, I'm an open book. Whatever. Yeah, which, which I, I've get, we've had a little bit of pre-chat. Yeah. Um, when you grew up, was, was entrepreneur a bit of a dirty word? Like if you told your guidance counselor, and I've always curious because I remember back like now it's so trendy and yeah. it's so it's so viable and almost required. But when yeah. I was, if I would have told my guidance counselor I wanted to be an entrepreneur, they would have looked at me like I would have got put in the remedial program. <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't say I had a great guidance counselor. Like they were the ones. So I went to the largest high school in the British Commonwealth. So Fredericton High School had three thousand students in three grades. So That's like, impressive when you say the largest high school in the British Commonwealth. Yeah, like it was like it was huge, and so it was a small city. So you were just like I didn't. No one had that like really great connection with guidance counselors and stuff like that because 3,000 yeah my high school was 600 yeah so <laughs> it's like there's people honestly like in, I'll meet people in Calgary and I'll, and I'll introduce myself they're like yeah we graduated together I was like what like there's people like we've, I've never met because there was like a thousand people in my graduating class but I think I had 67 people oh, in my amazing, graduating yeah. class <laughs> in context yeah so we um so I never really had that guidance counselor experience but what I say is like I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up because uh, it didn't exist so like all these things I mean conferences exist but not digital marketing conferences and podcasts and blogging and influencer marketing. Basically, any way that I make money didn't exist when I was supposed to. Well, it wasn't even an option on the checklist. No, exactly. Yeah. So I sort of there's there's themes in my life in terms of things that I like. So um, that you know, uh, so I think of like. I think education, so I like teaching people things. So I don't, I don't speak at the conferences, but I like to be the person that brings everyone together to hear from the good speakers. Um, or like the podcast is sort of, you know, teaching people about 
the navigating the entrepreneur stuff and things like that. So it's, it's um, like, I have a degree in Spanish, which is very weird. Uh, <laughs> and I also have an education degree. So none of my degrees. How is your Spanish? How's your Spanish? It's okay. Now it used to be really good. Like I used to be pretty fluent and now I'm not great. Do you travel to Spanish speaking countries uh, for, when, when you get some downtime just, just uh, to get back into it? No, I did a press trip to with Amex maybe six or seven years ago to Spain and no one spoke Spanish. So I was able to like carry the group because like everyone was very out of their depth. Necessity, necessity yeah. sometimes is the best when yeah. you've got to be like, okay, I need to do this. Yeah, and if I have like two beer, I can like do it. So languages gets easier if you're like not nervous. So if you take a little, have a little beer, then I can, I can navigate. We're trying to go to Mexico City soon, so hopefully, fingers crossed. But yeah, so it's like it's, I never. I, my dad said a few months ago, because um, the conferences are successful and I have an office now and a company and an employee and stuff like it's, that. It's, it's legit. It's, actually, it's legit. It's, it's, yeah. It's and so my dad's like, out of the four kids, like you were not supposed to be the like the successful business owner. I'm like, I know. I like cry about it every day. Like I'm like, it's so scary. <laughs> what uh, for? For youngest, yeah, three oldest, siblings. Middle, three... I'm the youngest. Okay. So I'm like the the one who's like fighting for the most attention. So I'm like driven by like, dad, did you see this? Did you see that? Mom, did you see this? Did you see Which this? Which all of a sudden the blog, the blog, yeah, that started the oh, media, that starts to make a little bit more sense. I, you know, 1500 people come to my events and it's like, I only care what my parents think. Like I really. Oh my god! It's so funny how how we instantly become little kids at the end. Oh, totally! Like they they come to the events and cheer me on and are supportive, and I'm just like I grill them, and they're honest too, which is great. Like they'll say this worked, this didn't. Like they there's no BS with them, which makes them. Yeah, they're not just telling you you're the smartest, prettiest person. In the no, room. for sure, they're definitely not. Like they'll email me typos. They'll like they'll. Uh, I have this great photo of um, <laughs> That's my awesome. parents, like mom, like was watching one of our speakers and like took notes and my mom doesn't like barely knows her Facebook password. Like she's not, in, she was like giving the speaker notes, like you use this word, you should use this word. I didn't, I couldn't really understand what that image was. And it's like this guy who was like a really legitimate person of my like almost 70 year old mother's giving. Which I love that. Cause what do you say when a 70 year old mom comes up to you? You just say thank you. And yeah. yes, and you nod and you but take they were the like, feedback. <laughs> but I talked to him after and he was like, no, they are good notes. Like there were some typos and there were some things I need to think about. Like it's, it's don't so it's mess helpful. with the mom. Yeah. The mom, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, amazing. Fun, yeah. So 2006, you got into the blog. What's, what was before you, cause you were in New Brunswick and you ended up uh, moving to Calgary with a few stops in between. Yeah. What, what were you doing before that? What, what, um, what, what set the groundwork for the Mike Morrison that sits in front of me today? So, like, yeah, I mean, um, I was, like, a theater kid growing up, so always, like, like I like attention. I really do. That's fine. I don't have a problem saying that. I like attention. Uh, I love the honesty. I'm, yeah, I'm fine being this on a stage. This is who I am. Yeah, I'm fine being on a stage. I'm fine being interviewed. I like talking, all that stuff. So that, like, I did theater when I was a kid and things like that, and then... Um, when I went, and I always liked writing, and there's pieces, like, I keep everything, so my basement is filled with boxes of my childhood, and luckily, we live in a city, city that floods all the time, so my <laughs> so my basement floods all the time, and it may, makes me throw stuff out. That's my, like... A forest purge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or, or else it would just be, like, one Rubbermaid bin after exactly, another. Exactly, yeah, and so there, I have all these notes of me, like, writing the weirdest stories when I was a kid, like, Im- have a crazy imagination and writing these stories out and things like that, and I remember in, like, grade seven or eight... Um, they would take my writing on my English class and like give it to a class in university and they would like analyze it and the university students would like interview me and like it was very oh, weird. That's interesting. I, yeah, so you like, got yourself kind of in that 
yeah, but very early on. Yeah, like writing's very easy for me. Um, I'm terrible at spelling and grammar, ironically, but like I know how to. That's like, what good editors yeah, are for. Exactly. Or grammarly, um, grammarly. But like writing is very easy, and so um, when I moved to Calgary and I really didn't know anybody, um, and uh, you know, besides some friends from Fredericton and things. Uh, you know, I lived in a basement apartment in Mission, and I had three jobs. I worked at Chianti's, I worked at the Sheridan Eau Claire, and I was a greeter at CIBC, uh, just, you know, just trying to pay the bills. <laughs> and uh, But all jobs where you're out there with people. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. all my I, jobs. definitely are, a theme where you're front and center. For sure, all my jobs are always, I love, even when I quit my job to become, an, like, uh, entrepreneur or whatever like my backup plan was always to be a waiter like I was I liked waiting tables and I was good at it so I was like well you're so personable which yeah, is so much of the experience yeah right? and just I put myself through school working working behind the bar waiting tables exactly the best life learning lessons I ever got yeah like it's, it's I wouldn't do it again but <laughs> I, I'm very thankful that I did but it but forced to you might yeah. yeah 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 fair enough in a pinch it's a great yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so it, I started writing the blog just as like um like when I was home, my parents would always be like, "Hey, Mike, what's on television tonight?" And I could just tell them on every network. Like, and I would read. Oh, so like, you're always plugged in. Yeah, what's going on culturally? Yeah, and this was like before Facebook, Twitter, link, you know, any of the websites things. When you used to just have to ask somebody for yeah. information. Yeah, like I would uh, hang out in the uh, blockbusters when I was like a tween, uh, and like answer people's qu- even though I didn't work there. I'd be like, "You should watch this movie." <laughs> And they're like, please leave. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so loitering at Blockbuster yeah, is about, okay. Yeah, I like, telling, I like telling people what they should be watching or doing or learning or things like that, I guess. Uh, and so the blog was Educating, sort of, dictating. It's a fine all, line. It's yeah, a fine line. You see the progression there. I get it. Uh, I get it. Um, and so the blog was really just like, hey, there's a new show. I sometimes go back to the old blog post to sort of just, you know, ping some memories uh and it's like you should watch this new show called the office so you should you know like and i i would live blog like canadian idol and i would just you know i just loved writing and putting words out there and so um it wasn't luck per se but it was definitely ground floor and so like i was when when more media outlets and agencies and stuff had to start working with bloggers there was one there already um and i sort of understood the media game a bit because i followed it my whole life and um so I was able to tell a good story I was able to do good interviews I was able to do all that thing because those are things I wanted to do um but you know you don't really envision yourself in Fredericton being able to be on the red carpet of the Junos for seven years in a row kind of thing right so the blog yeah like the blog navigate helped me navigate all that stuff and then eventually turned into um like I, I was I worked at the University of Calgary as an academic advisor I worked in an oil and gas company for six months uh, so an eclectic mix all over like all over because I was I think at that point I was I was trying to figure out my path still so like I had my education degree but I knew I didn't like teaching like I I have so much respect for teachers because I tried it and it's the worst job. I, well, like you said earlier, like educating people, yeah, and providing information. It took not me a necessarily while to figure structure. out that an education degree didn't mean being a public school teacher. Uh, there was well, other- so often we think that this equals that. Yeah, but exactly. it, it can equal whatever. Yeah, point. so but it's when like when it hasn't been created yet, that's hard to imagine. That. Yeah, so it's like a piece of the puzzle. So you sort of look back at the theme. So like I liked writing. I always liked writing as a kid. So that was a piece. Um, you know, I liked. I like the idea of teaching people's things, so that's another piece. Uh, so I loved my job as an academic advisor at the University of Calgary. I was in the fine arts department, so I got to help arts students, which are like my favorite students, you know, the underdogs and like how are you going to make money and all that and stuff. And everyone gives them a hard time for choosing that path. Totally, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I would have I would have the engineering students like sneak into my office and be like, I really want to be a dance major, but my parents will only pay for engineering. And I'm like, cool, here's a student loan application. <laughs> like, don't, Do your own yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, like it was really, it was, it was, it was really. I tried to be as helpful as possible, and uh, and then that well, must have been fulfilling. Then, I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Like I really, yeah. And I'm still friends with some of my students, and sometimes I forget. I mean, I had so many students, but uh, I'll I'll, re- I'll meet a artist in Calgary or something. I'm like, oh my god, your paintings are so good. And she, they're like, you're my academic advisor. Why don't you remember? I'm like, I don't remember anyone. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, this is you. You're, yeah. you had a hand in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's cool, and they. Um, well, it's so, interesting to think of the wake we leave sometimes. <laughs> yeah, in order of what the impact or, yeah, totally. I mean, even when I do, inter- like, um, sometimes I'll do interviews on CBC or something or um, a panel or something, and someone will say, come up to me like 18 months later and be like, I'm really mad about this thing you said. And I'm like, when did I say it? And they're like, 18 months ago. I'm like, I don't even remember saying it. And I was probably mm. saying it just to have good, be good radio like I did. <laughs> you don't need to have carried it around for 18 months. But yeah, I mean, I'm... A, so, I'm sorry about that, yeah, but you can let that go. Yeah, it's it's... It's amazing when you. It's amazing when you know even in these podcasts, people's like, "Oh, that thing you said that time that really inspired me." Or I'll be like, "I don't even remember yeah. that even being part of it." Yeah, but yet it hits people in different ways. Yeah, I think things like this, you know, um, people will listen to this, and some people will be like, "Oh, there's nothing there for me," and other people, one of us will say something in this episode that like pings something, and I think if you ping people enough, then they'll, you know create that change that they're looking for and things like that. And that's the, like my podcast talking to entrepreneurs about quitting their jobs. I try to find people who, um, have all different situations. So, mm-hmm. uh, they were married, they had a mortgage, they had four kids and they still quit their job. Here's how they did it kind of thing because there's, that only fits. So inspiration, but also a little bit of a playbook. A little bit. Yeah. Okay, like, I, haven't, they, I haven't checked it out to be telling Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Gonna, yeah, no, no it's, uh, yeah. it's fun. They're short. It's like, it's just because mostly, cause you probably get these calls too. It's like well, most of the time, people reach out about entrepreneurs. Like, how do I be an entrepreneur? I'm thinking about quitting or, or I've been laid off. Or Well, in the last five years in Alberta, a lot of people have inherited that yeah, situation where yeah. like, I got a package. Um, my career is no longer that path. My yeah. industry is no longer facilitating. What do I do? Yeah. And I mean, I do think it's a bit dangerous. I don't think everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur just because you don't have a job. And so, but also that's if you hear these stories and you're like that's not for me and that makes you go back on indeed and look for a job great like it's, it's an easy thing that you can to fantasize about yeah, a little bit but yeah. the realities of it are quite yeah it's it's, it's real very hard <laughs> it's very hard and it's unrelenting yeah exactly and it really is and uh i say uh, sometimes i say like i uh I don't, I don't get a vacation day, but I never have to ask for a vacation day. And like, that's good. <laughs> I don't have to ask, but yet I hardly take any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I work I, all the time, but it's, but I want to do that. So it's I, sort so of, I do. yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I took, I took three hours off yesterday while I was sleeping. No. Uh, <laughs> so along this journey, it sounds like yeah. your, your family was hugely supportive of your parents, even at a young age, like yeah. get, being in the arts and being, you said you've been on stage since you were a kid. And yeah. I know that's so back to the story about the engineer, like I'm doing this cause I'm like, someone's making mm-hmm. me do that. sounds like you didn't have necessarily that kind of preordained path or weren't shackled into a certain outcome? No, I think, uh, I was, I think my parents sort of, my parents are really sort of independent of all four of us. And so they really let us make our mistakes and, uh, are hmm. very, you know, um, are always there to help us out and talk things out. And, but still let um, you make your own mistakes. Always. Like in the, like I, I was, I started like professionally acting like in theater, sort of like theater Calgary, but theater in New Brunswick when I was eight, um, and I would like take the ta- a taxi from my elementary school to rehearsals and things like that. Like they they gave me that. So a high degree of independence. Totally, totally, totally. Which as an entrepreneur, resourcefulness. Yeah, uh, yeah. Inherently curious, able to got grit. God, you're telling me things I didn't even know. This is great. <laughs> Thank you. This is like therapy you're going to cancel my appointment this week uh you should keep it I okay think you okay keep thank, it. You, thank you <laughs> i think uh, i think we all should actually. yeah exactly no so they're very yeah they're very um 
like uh like I say we're like we're really good friends so like I don't feel like every now and then I'll lean on them as parents but most of the time it's just like talking to them as friends and as we get older so I'm 38 this year like I'm I basically just like nothing is off limits for me with them. Like I just tell them everything and give them all the information. You That's know. great because you don't always, unfortunately, you don't always hear that story. No, not absolutely everyone not. has a not everybody has a positive, or they keep them in like a little box because well, I can't tell it's my parents. Yeah, trust me, they're still humans as well. <laughs> well, so, yes, yeah, well, even especially I me, mean, me coming from the LGBTQ community, so many of us have chosen families. You know, so families that we right. call our own families, but aren't our blood families, and um, you know that sentence like. You know, uh, I always, you know, we have my, we, like every family have our struggles and sometimes people be like, but your family, you know, I always hated that. Like I was like, no, but they should still be nice to me and I should still be nice to them and things like that. Right. Yes. So, uh, it shouldn't you, be, a, it shouldn't be an excuse for bad behavior. Yeah, exactly. So, you. um, so that was, you know, that's, that's their twenties when you're, you're learning how to be an adult and a kid and you're all, all full stuff. of angst. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of yeah. like retesting. It's like you check your boundaries when you're in your terrible twos. And I think you do it again in your mid twenties. Yeah. Just like flexing. What version you. of this do I want to take on? What's my choice versus what have I inherited and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. When did you, when, when did you come out? When was, uh, when, when did, did that I happen? Come out? I came out here, uh, and I don't have, um, I do a lot of ad- advocacy for LGBTQ youth, but uh, I'm always very clear that I didn't really have the same trauma that they did. Like I, okay. um, this is a very weird story, but like I never went to sex ed because I was in this like performing group uh, and I didn't go to school in May and June for three years. And that's when my school did sex ed. So I like never went. So I, and there was internet was not really there. So I was way behind on a lot of things. And so I understand now the importance of sex ed. I'm like, everyone should go because. <laughs> <laughs> that's an, it's an interesting thing to have gapped. Oh, when totally. You're younger. Yeah, and so... Um, in those pivotal years where, anyways... <laughs> yeah, so I never really, like, high school, university, I wasn't super interested in, like, anything or anyone. Like, I was, I loved working. Like, I literally had a skeleton key to my university because I was so involved in everything. Like, the school was just, like, here. Because I was, like... Because you're coming to go out all the time. All the time. Like, I loved, I loved university. I thought it was such a great experience. Um, and not necessarily the academic part, but the, the building community aspect of it. Anyway, so I moved out here, and I definitely struggled coming out in terms of stereotypes so I thought being gay was Toronto pride like that was really my only reference of gay culture or HIV you know or harassment or bullying and things like that and uh so I it was sort of off I was like well I'm not that I'm not ever going to take my shirt off in public and dance in leather and like there's nothing wrong with that it's just not for me uh but I thought that's what gay meant was just that and then there were so many limited because of like again the internet wasn't what it was we had so many smaller perspectives yeah yeah and then um and then uh when I moved out here and I started meeting like guys just through like friends and stuff like that that were like oh I'm an engineer I'm a doctor I'm a lawyer I'm a contract I'm, and, and I'm gay and I'm like wait you can be all you can be those things and be gay like I literally didn't know that like that was brand new information to Sorry. me so I was like all oh the world just opens up yeah and honestly it was like a instant for me like it was like oh okay I'm gay then like I, I was so scared of what being gay meant that I like wouldn't it's weird you just got the right permission at the right time yeah and then like I definitely like yeah. kids called me gay in high school and stuff like that but I honestly thought like at, as I said like such a big high school I thought high school was awful for everyone like I didn't think anyone was having a good time so and so I wasn't sad or like I was tortured or anything like that I just thought okay it was three years everyone hated it so I wasn't like it didn't feel personal high school was weird <laughs> I know some people like oh, I yeah. loved high school I'm like I did not love it and, you no know, no. and anytime I talked I, to I enjoy it, like quote unquote real life much better <laughs> yeah when anytime I talked to youths a lot um, about 
LGBTQ stuff. I'm just like, even if they're not having a good time, I'm just like, ride it out. Like it's so insignificant once it's done. Like it's, it's really the last time that you're forced to be with people that don't share similar interests. Cause even at university, you had to say you're taking engineering, all those students generally are interested in the same thing. Right. Um, acting or whatever. So high school is the last that and plane rides. Those are the only time you're forced to be with people that you would never be with. Completely misaligned. Like, yeah, not your tribe, not your, no. Well, yeah, that's, no. that's yeah, plane rides. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for transit of any kind. But yeah, yeah plane rides, it's, it's compartmentalized for such an extended period of time. Yeah, like plane rides are, <laughs> uh, plane rides are expensive, but eventually most people end up on a plane. So eventually everyone ends up on a plane together and you're like, oh, wow, we are all very different. We all, that person's watching a movie with no headphones on. Okay, great. That, that's with, a choice. With their eye on full blast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to a uh, concert at the Saddle Dome or somewhere and all of a sudden you're like, I don't where where are all these walks of life normally? I don't yeah. see these people. Yeah. I don't know what's going on yeah. here. <laughs> exactly, very much true. But yeah. you're right. High school, it's all it's all jammed together into yeah. this big melting pot. Yeah, and you're also at a place in your life where you're not necessarily sure where you are right? from an identity oh perspective. Whether you're straight, gay, it doesn't matter. No, yeah, you're trying to figure things out. I, it's not and, an easy ride. Back to and the even point. when I figured it, when I thought I figured it at 25 or at 30, or at 35, like it's constantly evolving. And I think pop culture and media puts so much pressure on high school and proms and things like that, that kids only think that's the most important thing. And every movie is about like falling apart after high school and things like that. And, like, and once you get farther down in life, you look back and you're like, that was just not a, like, it's, it's so glamorized. Yeah. There's this big moment where it's almost, it sets it up. It's yeah. like someone oversells you on the movie and you go and you're like, oh, it's not as good. Cause no, you got yeah. oversold before you even went. Yeah. Like, and I had a good time, like in my, my, this could just be about my high school. Like it was a very weird school in terms of uh, like the music, the musical was actually the cool thing to be in. Um, Which that's not always usually no, it's the sport. Like that's no, the stereotype is the other way. Yeah. When you have 3000 students to choose from, you can put on a real good show. Like you, yes. <laughs> like our basketball, the, var- the variety show at my school was a little bit light because yeah. we only had 600 kids. Ours altogether. was like America's got talent. Cause like you can find 12 amazingly talented people and you could find like it, our cha- ho- it changes everything. Cause your ecosystem is so big. Oh, to- our high school team never lost Our basketball team. Never lost. Like we were undefeated in everything. So there was a sort of strong school pride, but yeah. there was enough to go around in all yeah. the different pillars. And so when I actually got a, part in the musical but I can't sing so they cut all my songs which is fine um in grade 12 uh but I was like the comic relief I was like the comedy person in the show uh and that changed everything like then people that taught me that I was funny because I could tell I well, oh, it, it puts you literally shined a spotlight on you yeah yeah I guess so yeah yeah and then people <laughs> thought it's a bit to be super blunt about that yeah like I don't know what people thought I about me before, but that sort of showed people that I was funny and being funny has sort of helped me, you know, navigate all of this stuff. Cause I like, you know, I have a, knowing that my sense of humor is unique and being okay with it, you know, and thinking being, I basically say everything I'm thinking all the times and things like that. And so that, I that love was, it. if you want to know what you're thinking, just wait, you'll, honestly, you'll hear Jan, like, it's not, I'll tell you, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that because so, I think you, you save a lot of time that way. You mm-hmm. get right to the heart of things a lot quicker. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, and so we, yeah, so that was a big turning point, I think, for me personally, you know, hearing like classmates that I didn't know I knew or whatever just say nice things about me or being, you know, 
saying I was funny and things like that was really that was like I'm de- I, like I said I'm desperate for attention. So to have how old were you at that point? Uh, that was probably seven, six, seventeen, I think. So kind of a pinnacle for like this, yeah. this who am I? Who is what's my identity? Yeah, and like I remember kind of gave you gave you a lot of permission all of a sudden. Yeah. And I remember the first time, because the part had required me to have a silly voice, and it was Pappy Yoakum and Lil Abner, which is, like, not a musical you could do in 2020. It's very offensive. Uh, so, like, definitely... It was a different time. Yeah, that's all definitely. Right. I can't ever run for politics because of that musical, so that's fine. Uh, like, photos will come out. No. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I played, like, a, I played, like, a hundred-year-old man, um, with fake like gummy teeth and dyed my hair gray when I had hair and stuff like that. And they, uh, I actually got my braces out early. Um, so for the part, just like, the, for the show. Yeah, so, uh, for your artistic integrity. Yeah. And I just remember the first time that I had people laugh in the rehearsal hall and it really feels like that from that point on, it was just like full steam ahead. I was like once, and that's with anything, like even speaking, I spoke at a conference last week and I get so nervous before because I'm only a good speaker if you think I'm funny. So like there's always a joke in the first 30 seconds and that helps me gauge like what the next hour is going to be like. And it's, well, it, feed, it feeds you, right? Yeah. So it's, I, and I'm like, if you guys didn't think that's funny, this is going to be a real long hour. So like, here's <laughs> another thing. And if like, and I'm like, Oh God, you guys. You so humor has been that thing you traded on for years. For sure. And it, it all comes for me it all comes down to humor. And like, I just spent, and, and as I get to know my family more, like, so I have a cousin who's like a professional comedian, like travels the world, full stand-up comedian. Uh, and my granny, who I just spent the weekend with, uh, she's 98. And like eight years ago, she entered the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Uh, in, oh, so it's in your jeans? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And awesome. her name is Jean. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, there you go. We have that in common. And she like made it to the finals of the Winnipeg Comedy, like, open talent competition and at, ni- sorry, at 90 at 90 yeah like she's fat and like she actually she got i'd paid. go see her just because like a 90 and you're rocking it good for oh you oh my god no she got paid like a few weeks ago like 300 bucks to like be at a gig and like so talk. she is now a professional yeah. she has yeah. been monetized it's as a so pro- funny and like she just tells the same 20 jokes but like if you've never heard them they're very good jokes well a lot of comedians do well, it's, it's a, most, yeah. yeah most comedians are it's the a same. shtick for yeah, sure exactly but so you're 90 like, or 98 there's just built in delivery yeah. there's built in humor there's oh, the whole yeah like, and then she like uh, simple things like she never buys uh, green bananas because she won't be there she thinks she won't be there by the time when they, they turn ripen. yellow or like anytime someone offers her a lifetime warranty she's like really? Like, she's like, so she I'm plays like, off the whole yeah, yeah she uses all of her oh yeah, yeah totally and yeah yeah. so yeah and I love it because humor lives in that place where some of those could be oh that's kind of offensive but that's mm-hmm. where humor lives right on this weird line there's a sweet spot uh, yeah. of uh, of not being offensive and saying what they're thinking so always being like, I know what you're thinking. Like, and that, I'm not I mean, going to be around for these bananas to ripen. Like, yeah. Oh like, no, I wasn't thinking that. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Like, and that even customer service thing. Like, I always think with waiters, even if it's a busy or servers, if you're um, uh, at a restaurant, it can be the busiest restaurant. And if, if you just come by and say, Hey, I'm going to be there in two minutes. You could be in half hour. I don't care. <laughs> but like, if I'm sitting there and you haven't come in ten minutes, that drives me crazy. So just it's acknowledge like, me. Just address. Just acknowledge, you. right? Or like at the conferences, like last year. We, uh, one theater, so it's in three, we do it in a movie theater, uh, Social West, and one theater, like, 
the air conditioning wasn't working. So it was so hot. It was in June. It was so hot. And then to fix it, the other theater was dealing with the banging of them trying to fix the air conditioner unit. Um, so you just like, no, you have to acknowledge it and you have you to, have to like, go right at yeah, it. You, you got to go through it. Yeah. And so it's a two day conference. And at the end of day one, I said, if, if the problem's not fixed, I want um, like the poster. I want some, like to design some posters tonight that have like our logo, like melting. And like, I want to put like little palm trees in the theater and be like, tomorrow's like, bikinis. Beach party. Yeah. This is our <laughs> tropical theater now. And that's our freezing theater. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing and then people it's still not great but at least people but it diffuses it a little bit for sure because one we're all human and shit happens yeah and two it's when somebody's pretending and you're like we all know what's going on just freaking look at me and admit it exactly (laughs) exactly and that's we I think in, in all businesses you get so nervous I sort of have this philosophy like we we think that one one, we've been told the customer is always right, which is not true. Uh, and two, we, um, we think we have to please a hundred. We think a hundred percent of the population are going to be our customers. Um, that's not true. I need eight hundred people to come to my conference. So how do I get eight hundred people? Not one point one million, uh, you know, in Calgary or you know, however many in the west coast of Canada. Um, I just need eight hundred people. I just need eight hundred people. So, yeah, and like that's uh, especially because I talk about politics on social media and I, I have no grievances about that. And so I know I'm going to alienate people uh, and stuff like that. But I hope that I have a good enough product that even if you don't agree with some of the things I'm saying, you'll still want to come. But even if you don't want to come, that's okay too. Um, I'm going to try to replace you with someone that can't, can't kind of. I heard this from someone the other day and like, if you, if, if you want to be loved, you have to be willing to be hated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, it really resonated because I had to think, you hear it first, you're like, oh yeah. And then you start unpacking it a little bit. Like we're all so scared for someone not to like what we're doing or to not agree, but that's yeah. okay. Cause if you're specific, if you're too vanilla, no one's going to love it. Well, but if you double down, someone will go all in and someone will go all out and that's okay. <laughs> the, my personality has been the thing that's gotten me this far. So to, um, to uh, try to dull that down would be a mistake. There's, um, it probably mi- wouldn't work, right? And I don't think it would work. Because it would There's come a- across pretty f- contrived. Yeah, and like even even in the influencer marketing stuff, like they, I watch it um, a lot. And I, you know, for three years I was making a full time living before the conferences just on influencer marketing. So I sort of I get the game and stuff like that. And it's it's the personality that makes me stick out and makes me right. the f- makes the people that follow my channels and stuff like that be okay with sponsored posts because they sponsored posts and stuff like that can be annoying. And I actually just put something on my stories last night. Just, uh, sometimes I like remind cause there's so many, this sounds arrogant. There's so many people following, uh, but new people <laughs> follow. Can, yep. Yeah. Um, there's new people. So if you just started following me today, you don't know any of the last 15 year journey. You don't know the so, backstory. Yeah, back so you just see me as X, Y, Z. And so every now and then I do like reminders of like who I am or, you know, just an update. And so just yesterday, cause there's quite a few sponsored posts on my feed in the next few weeks. And so I just sort of said, Hey, you're going to see these, uh, just as a reminder, like I'm a small business, I have an office, I have an employee. This is the way I make a living. Back to, back yeah. to your direct approach. Yeah. And like, I promise you like, these are all things that I think are really interesting or really fun. Um, and, uh, like you sh- and I said, like, you should see the ones I say no to. Uh, and, uh, um, and almost all the, co- I mean, all the comments were like, like, yeah, like it's almost like it's Mike approved. Like I've done such a, I think a good job over the last years with the sponsored post and just my regular content. Just so if it, if it does say ad, you can trust that generally I, 
approve of it. I was going to ask. So when yeah. you have pills, so 10 people come to you, five you say no to? Ballparking. Uh, so when you promote something yeah. or when you, as an influencer, it's such an interesting world because you've seen mm-hmm. some influencers really trip and fall and just take money yeah. and promote crap, yeah. to be totally honest, yeah. or something you're like, that is bull. You don't yeah. do that thing. And we all have a high bullshit meter. My business partner always jokes. We see through things pretty quickly. Yeah. So for yourself, it's fairly, cur- I guess, curated would be the word I'd use in terms yeah, of... Yeah, I would say for sure. And I, I think, uh, I've always wanted to hear from people, the agencies that work with me because I think I'm really difficult in terms of influencer marketing. Like, I push back a lot um, uh, and I, like, hold my ground on certain things and it's... We could have a whole discussion about influencer marketing, but I like all my links. Yeah, I feel that might be it because yeah, that's, yeah. that, that's an interesting concept because I think people know about it, but yeah. unless you're involved with it, we really don't know how it works. Yeah, I mean, so often um, by the time the campaign gets to me, so like, hey, Mike, we have a job for you. It's so boxed in that I can't do anything with it. And yeah. so it's, I have to say no because I'm like, I will. I would never say that. I would never do that. And I'm like, why wouldn't you bring me in from the beginning? Like, and my followers are completely different than another person's followers. So you can't pitch a campaign to 10 different influencers, like the exact same campaign, because like, why, why, why am I, yeah. me in a It's fashion- not like buying media, essentially. Yeah. Right? So why, why are you pitching the exact same thing about a, a TV show um, to me and a fashion influencer? Our audiences are totally different. Like, and, you know, so I always love the agencies that, you know, reach out a bit sooner or, you know, but sometimes yeah. I'll say no. Here's what we're thinking versus here's what we've already like, thought about. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I'll say no and they were like, okay, we already said you said yes. Can you, so like, how much for you to Agen- say? What agencies don't do that, do they? Yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> like they, they include us in the pitch from the beginning, but they don't include us in the pitch from the beginning kind of Because they treat you just like another media channel. Yeah, yeah. And so it, we'll just it's, adapt it. We'll just adapt it and stick it on XYZ exactly. medium, yeah. whatever it is. And some... Like, so some don't work at all. Because um, it some, still is human to human, right? It's my connection to you yeah. is what even facilitates the value of that glow effect of you endorsing this product. Yeah. And like, you know, I can't do, I haven't gotten this one in a while, but like if I did Axe Body Wash, like that would, I would lose 10,000 followers. Because all of a sudden you're not credible. That no. Line up. Like, because I, I make jokes about showering every three days and I drink, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just don't do what, um, what that person that would wear uh, Axe Body Wash would wear. and um, But yet here we are talking about it right now, so I don't know. Be careful. Spon- this is sponsored <laughs> by Axe Body Wash, yeah. <laughs> this is like reverse influencer marketing. Uh, um, no, no, we'll, we'll tag them all over this. Uh, exactly, this, this yeah. Um, and it's tr- like it's uh, agencies are always changing. So, um, you know, you guys get clients and you lose clients and things like that. And so then I'll get emails being like, hey, we're X Y Z agency. Like, we'd love to work with you. I'm like, cool. I've been working with you for 12 years. Welcome to the agency. <laughs> Like, please look at my file kind of thing. And, you know, so it's... Uh, yes, we're guilty. Yeah, yeah. The agency world is guilty of a little bit of that. No, and that's fine. And that's yeah. that's that world. And so um, I think no one knows their audiences better than people who've built their audiences. And so, like, bring us in and talk to us. And, like, for example, I have a post last week about Robert Mondavi wine. It's just a fun little post about winter and wine and when they got i got the email the first thing i did was google the price of robert rondavi wine um and it was 18 dollars. and i was like yeah that's my audience like my audience first you go and start promoting an 80 dollar bottle and your audience goes what that's not who we are oh they would be like don't you drink box wine i'd be like i do most days yes i do like that's um or if uh, i grew up my mom had a box in the fridge always yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely right lasts for weeks uh and uh (laughs) or if i do travel campaigns like i honestly it sucks because i want to stay in the nice 
nicest rooms, but I often just say like, just give me the regular room because if I post, so it's authentic. If I if I post me staying in the nicest room at the Fairmont Lake Louise, my my the people that follow are going to be like, oh, how much is that? And I'm like, oh, it's two thousand. They're like, cool. Why are you? I'm like, yeah, I can't stay yeah, here either. Because that's not relatable. Thing. Yeah, and I did something for uh, Pursuit a few weeks ago, which used to be called Brewsters, or a lot of people might know them from that. And you know, they switched. I didn't know that they switched their name. Yeah, it's Pur- Pursuit Collection now. Oh, interesting. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. And uh, you know, during my Instagram story about it, I was saying how much the hotel rooms. I was like, yeah, this room is one hundred and twenty dollars, and people were like, oh, I've never seen people do that before. I'm like, well, this is what influencer marketing should be. I'm. I'm being paid to be here, but I'm also telling you. Well, because if I'm your buddy and yeah. I call you up and say, yeah. hey, I heard you stayed there. What did it cost? You would tell me. Exactly. So well, it makes it more real. <laughs> influencer marketing is like uh, this whole – it's oh – gosh, we could talk about it for hours. But it's, <laughs> I uh, feel we're slipping down around hole for sure. We'll go back. We'll go back to yeah, we'll, we'll pivot. But, we'll pivot. But uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's – it's gotten so diluted about what it is, but it's really, hey, you have the ability to speak to people who think like you. Can you can you tell them about this thing? Like it's that simple. Um, and so <laughs> it's it's everyone. When, when you boil in, it down, that's really yeah. Okay. And, and and so technically, everyone's an influencer. And so like it's, it's just how big your microphone is. Really, yeah, exactly. Or, or how tall your, your soapbox is, and who your audience is, and who um, you know. And I like it as um, I have a you know I was a producer at BT for a while and um, Breakfast Television for a while. And so like I like getting this I, I like getting this piece of information. Can you tell this to your followers? And then me thinking, okay, how can I do this in a way that will work for the brand, will work for me, and work for the audience? And I, I don't think a lot of influencers do that. They sort of just say, okay, and they post a really nice photo of them, but they're not thinking about the relationship of all three. Well, it's just almost a repost versus an actual investment in a thought process. Yeah, being and deliberate. Like, some agencies will just send you the copy and say, can you say this? And I'm like, no, I can't because I know that you sent this to 20 other people. And if one person notices that 20 people said the exact same thing, and I also write oh, differently. The, the world of social is fickle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very t- low tolerance. It's yeah. so easy to unfollow. <laughs> and my tone is really, uh, my tone is very unique. And there's one agency once that said, like, I was like, I don't have time to do this campaign. It was too last minute. And they said, we'll just write it for you. And I said, well, try it. And I'll like, I'll see, like, I'll, I'll try it. Send, send, me a, yeah, yeah. send me a sample of your and tone. They, and it was honestly like they had, did their research like they the copywriter spent some time on yeah your, on your like material. they talked about i think it was like they talked about my cat and they talked about this trip i took here and like in this post and i was like okay that that sounds like me i'll do it kind of thing but then i think i only did that once the, all the time it's me and i i just think i care i only have all of this because people choose to follow me so if i don't respect that it goes away instantly it's such a nice it's a high value exchange and, mm-hmm. and never forgetting that. No. And I mean, I'm so grateful. Don't get as your, as my grandmother would say, not getting too big for your britches. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to, this, I mean, this is maybe our pivot. It's hard to talk to, uh, talk about being successful while trying to stay humble and try, you know, that's the yes. constant struggle I have all the time. And not become a douchebag. <laughs> not become a douchebag. And people want to work with entrepreneurs that are successful, but they don't want to work with entrepreneurs with people who are arrogant, so it's like this, like... Nobody likes assholes. No, to be, sometimes yeah. people like assholes. Some, uh, yeah, asso- yeah, yeah, some yeah. assholes are successful. I know, fair <laughs> yeah. enough, fair yeah. enough, but I believe that, I believe that there, there is a balance. I do believe we have this mythical, I want them to be super successful, really caring, really approachable, but I want them to do things at a level that 
other people maybe haven't reached, yeah. which kind of requires different behavior. It's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah. We we put a lot of pressure on people with, that are successful. Yeah, it's for sure. And it's I'm my coworker. I have an employee named Emma, and she uh, has a PR background, so she's constantly getting me. She sees the struggle that I have of talking about my successes, but also being humble and trying to be this East Coast guy, trying to be this small business guy, but also getting big contracts every now and then, or right. getting big opportunities. Working with with big national brands, with big national where they kind of expect you to act a certain way too. Exactly. And so, like, this is not shitting on Toronto at all, but the Toronto people that do what I do are way more confident than I am. And when right. I go to Toronto... Toronto is a different swagger. Yeah. And so I'm... But I am trying to adapt a bit of that because, especially with the conferences, I find um, because we're in unconventional cities, it works for ticket sales because we're bringing... We're bringing Toronto-type conferences to Halifax, Ottawa, and Calgary right. uh, for a quarter, sometimes half the price. Um, but then it also uh, takes a lot of work to convince you know the bigger speakers to come or the bigger brands to come on because they'll because right, it doesn't align with their brand. Well, because the they they're like, well, position. if it's so big, why is it in Vancouver? If it's so big, why isn't it in Toronto? Um, and I'm always like the internet's the great equalizer. It doesn't matter. Why does it have to be in those cities? And if I know from a business standpoint, if I was in those cities, it would get buried. There's 20 digital conferences in Calgary, in Vancouver this week. So, well, the idea of like from an entrepreneurial perspective, go where you're, go, go where the customers are, but the competition isn't, which is kind of what you're doing. So from an entrepreneurial perspective, like even us as like going into Toronto and coming in as a full service creative shop, you can't compete. There is talent pools there. Like, you know, for, you know, we have a very specific focus in Toronto in terms of how we deliver, but you, it took a lot of discipline to go. What also might work in Calgary doesn't work the same way in Toronto. Oh gosh, so no. completely different. No, markets. even marketing of the conferences or the type of speakers we have or the audiences we want, like it's they're so different. Back to um, the big small town. Toronto is not a big small town. It no, is a big town. You can yeah. it's you can just get lost there, right? And like I loved I actually really love Toronto I mean it's fun to shit on it but I think it's so great it's the best city uh, you know but it's um, all of our sponsors. Um, all of our national sponsors are people who've expressed interest and I'm like, well, come see it. Cause I'm a terrible sales salesperson. I'm not a good salesperson at all. So I'm like, come see it. And then tell me if you want to sponsor it after. Yeah, if you like, like it, you can, you and can, every one of our one. sponsors are people who've come to the conference and see what we're doing and see that we're providing a super high quality conference in just in a different city in markets that we, uh, maybe they haven't tried yet or don't have the, collateral to do that in that's one of our national sponsors it's like you're in three cities that we know we should be in but we don't have the time or energy to put things into so we're gonna right. come along with you on that journey and you're gonna help us out kind of thing which is the whole value right of the partnerships exactly back to yeah. the influencer marketing it's just another version of it exactly fun, yeah fun it's it's uh it's been fun what's your i read a couple stats on your on your site million unique visitors 15 16 like like tens of thousands like what's your base just to give people an idea of what we're talking about uh, people do like numbers and big numbers are impressive yeah um it's so the so the blog ebbs and flows right now so like when i pay attention to it it does really well when i don't it doesn't do funny there's there's an entrepreneurial lesson in that as well Oh, for sure it's like shiny and this is a friend of mine last year when i was sort of struggling having a bad few weeks in terms of being a business owner and uh, what, 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 thinking about what I wanted to do. And he said, like, when you shine your light on something, it's very successful. He's like, right now your light is too many places. Like you're like a lighthouse. Um, so he's like, you need to like focus in on things. So when it, it's a good, that's good friend advice. That's yeah. It's awesome. And sounds like I, someone who knows you well. Also. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true. Like, cause you know, because I talk about politics and cause I talk about so many things, um, there's lots of ways that I can sort of meander sort of like this podcast meander and get lost 
I just call this a good chat, so okay, but good. I hear what you're saying. Okay, good. Uh, I'm also guilty, so I'm, I'm right in here with you. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and so uh, uh, <laughs> when I pay attention to it, so the last few months uh, I've been paying attention to it, and the influence of marketing has come back and things like that. So there was times for sure, 2015, 2016, 2017, it was getting like over a million a year. Uh, that's because I was like writing it every day and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and I actually haven't looked at the stats in a while, if I'm being honest. And looking at stats sometimes is really good, and another times it's you can drive yourself crazy you can drive yourself crazy definitely. Matt, and drive yeah. yourself mad actually yeah yeah and so right well, now it's like, a constant effort you must be always just well because you sound like you're going 100 mile an hour and your yeah. eyes are always up looking around yeah and because you're interested in a lot of different things but it's a lot of work it's ton like the the blog um because it was started for fun and i think that's why it's still successful so 99 percent of people that start you know an instagram page now or a blog or youtube channel have this vision of it's going to be their full-time job. They're going to make money from it, yeah. monetizing all that stuff. Where when I started it, that didn't even exist. So the origins are different. So I really still... When you, when you go back to intent, it does make a difference. Yeah, you're right. That's a good way of saying it. Um, and so we... So like when I get an, a pitch, I still really get excited. I don't have this like, well, yeah, I've been waiting for you. Like it's about time. Like I know my value and I know my worth. And so, but that first email... Um, I'm still like, oh, cool, thanks. That's awesome. You know, it's not, um, and that's really hard for people uh, now because, and it, it would be harder. I couldn't start Mike's Bloggity Blog now um, and have the same success. There's right. That's an interesting way to look at just the, the circumstances that surrounded where the world was at at that time. Totally, yeah. And where your intention was. You yeah. weren't trying to build the blog empire. No, and not you were just at doing all. something you were pa- clearly yeah. passionate and excited about. Yeah, exactly. And I love shows through. I loved writing. So writing, and I wrote it. I think it was like maybe six or seven years. So I literally wrote it every day. So every day there was a blog post, no matter what. Uh, and if I went on vacation, I, like I had I had friends write it. So like, hey, here's your guest writing. So there was. Constant. So you're always being you're always being in front for like always. reach and frequency was high. Always. And I said yes to everything. And like if I went if I got invited to a concert, I went home that night and wrote the review. Like I wouldn't drink at the concert because I got I had to go home and write the review. Um, where most reviews go up for like bloggers would go up like two weeks later, sort of thing. Like I I treated it like as as it got successful, I treated myself like a journalist. Like I I followed the same rules I followed because yep. um, I love I loved. What, I never thought I could be a journalist or a writer or anything like that, and I'm not a journalist, just to be clear. Uh, um, but you but, created this platform that provided you this incredible medium to be you. Yeah, exactly. Not, just be not me. to oversimplify. Yeah, just be me and talk about things. Um, um, like I know that I'm unique, but I also know there's a million people like me who also think like me and who also think that there's no one else like them. So uh, if I want, you know, I'm going to talk about X, Y, Z. I'm going to talk about this, and like I don't know, like the, I play in a dodgeball league, and that's super weird. Like I literally think I'm the only gay person in that dodgeball league. Like I actually might be, but like I like owning that a bit, and like I like saying, no, we can do this here, and we, where Va- Vancouver has a gay dodgeball league. So that's the difference of an hour flight. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, just the blog sort of allowed me to really feel comfortable being myself because it was just because I was writing it. Oh, this is good. I'm just thinking this out loud because I'm writing, I was writing it just for me It allowed myself just to write about things that I cared about. And I found success from that. So I've continued to feel comfortable just being myself and not like really be, trying to assimilate. being authentic wasn't the strategy is just what you did I know you know yeah. what I mean there's like oh you need to be authentic and it's this strategic vision oh, yeah. versus you just did something you were passionate yeah, about yeah authentic uh, being authentic is definitely a buzzword right now and, <laughs> yes it um, is I don't think people know what it means anymore but it means just owning like like um, I 
I say I'm not a foodie. Like I say no to food press trips and wine press trips. Cause, Cause it's like, just not authentic. It's to not, you. it's not who I am. And I would, I wouldn't have fun cause all food tastes the same to me, like a $200 meal and a Big Mac the same. Like I love <laughs> both of them equally. Foodies out there are shivering. Now oh, I know. That. And I say that I was with the editor of Avenue magazine, Kate Eleven once. And I was talking to her, I was like, all wine is great. I love wine. And she's like, why did I get you an $18 glass of wine? I'm like, I don't know. Like, but thanks. Cool. Right <laughs> thanks on so you. much. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's, that's okay. Owning that. Right. Or, um, I was actually at an event a few weeks ago in Banff. Uh, and I was sitting, it was a wine dinner, Banff gondola experience. And I love writing about travel and things like that and so I, I was there and beside me it was, uh, it was